All right. You're already accepted. That community rewatch episode one. I'm Jonathan. That's Ethan. Hey guys. Ethan. Is community the most engaging show ever? Now let me let me let me kind of preface that by saying, okay, like I love Seinfeld, but I don't want to be a Seinfeld character, right? Like I don't want to, you know, like be in that world or you know even like with something like parks and rec like sounds like really fun but like i'm not sure how much i want to be in that world let me ask you something i i'll tell you what i would love to be a student at community like mm-hmm. <laughs> i would love to be a student at greendale it would just I, I, like everything about it the you know the lack of care from from people in uh, on the staff and uh, the hilarious point of views of the students. I would love to be a character in community. So again, is community the most engaging show that you've ever watched? Yeah, you know, I think that's an interesting thought. Like, there, you know, I have a lot of favorite TV shows. Obviously, like The Office is it's a show I love. Parks and Rec, um, I like, you know, Frasier, some of the old classic comedies. But like, you know, there's something about community that like, I think especially anybody who's been to college or any kind of education, um, you know, any kind of college campus can kind of like see some of the parallels between like Greendale and like their experience in college. And I think in some way, like we've all, anybody who's been to college has kind of lived at Greendale, even if like, it's kind of like an extreme thing. Like obviously my college didn't have, you know, paintball wars. Um, But like, you know, I I think there's some, uh, a lot of ways that we can see ourselves in the characters maybe. And, And so I think that that's what makes it engaging to me is that even if I never lived some of these adventures as these characters are having, like the lessons that they learn and like the, the character growth that we see through these characters um, and, and just their experiences and you know, going to a college and trying to figure, find themselves and figure out what they're doing. Um, to me, that makes it engaging because I, that's something that I, you know, I think a lot of shows um, write their characters well, but I don't necessarily feel like I always relate to the characters, you know, like I don't think, I don't relate to Jim helper in the office you know he's a funny guy and I think there's some qualities about him that are admirable but I don't see myself in him you know I don't see myself in Ron Swanson um you know as much as I think a lot of people want to see themselves in Ron Swanson I I don't um (laughs) but I think that's what about community it's kind of a I think and not even like I'm drawn to one character just kind of a mix of all of them I think you know Abed has some qualities that I feel like you know I can I can relate to that and I can understand it you know and Jeff maybe to some extent and maybe not too much because I'm not you know a lawyer or that narcissistic but um i think that's what makes it engaging to me is just there's a kind of a personal attachment i think to it you get attached to the characters maybe more so than some other shows i don't know if you feel the same way but no that's a good point and like when i think about like what got me into community like so so like again the show started fall 2009 um at the time all i did was like watch tv after 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 school like i just came home and i just watched i got it I had no hobbies. I did nothing. And that was something, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, the, the pilot and the, and the second episode, Spanish 101. And there's a moment in there specifically that like really hooks me in that like, oh, this isn't just another, you know, you know, 2000s, like kind of funny, quirky comedy. Like there's something special here. I think you're like kind of hit that in the sense of like, it, it it draws you in with its characters and it like you get to kind of see a bit of yourself in these people but also at the same time like not being these people and like kind of being able to enjoy it and kind of have that space um 
I don't know. How'd you, I guess, how'd you find out about Community uh, and what kind of kept you watching? So Community was a show, I, I started watching it before kind of the pandemic started, but I, it was kind of right before it. So I, I watched it during the pandemic as well, right at the beginning. Um, it, it was a show that I had seen, you know, online. I, I, you know, I used to frequent Reddit quite a bit. I don't as much anymore, but it was a show that I saw a lot, um, especially because I was somebody, again, somebody as a fan of, you know, The Office and Parks and Rec and uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was a show that it was kind of up there that I saw people mention a lot with with those as being like some of the top shows in comedy, like in the history of, of comedy TV and especially that, you know, those late 2010s uh, or late 2000s, early 2010s shows. Um, it was one of those and it wasn't a show I was familiar with. That's not something that I thought at the time, nobody really talked about community as you know, this is back, you know, 2019, 2020. Um, at that time, it was still kind of a, a niche, niche show. It was it wasn't on Netflix yet. Um, it was on Hulu, but it was kind of you know nobody really talked about it that I, that I knew of and that I'd seen anywhere. Um, there was a show that I'd seen people talk about on online, and so you know I, I figured I'd give it a shot. Um, you know I honestly the fact that you know I, I knew Chevy Chase was in it, um, and I, you know I was obviously Chevy Chase is a funny guy, familiar with you know from Vacation and, and the National Lampoons and everything, but. Um, he was the only guy I really knew about. I, you know, I know I knew who Ken Jong was, but you know, I knew he wasn't really a main character, um, and so I wasn't really familiar with with some of the actors in the show as much. Um, but I figured I'd give it a shot, see what it was like. Um, you know, something about seeing life at a community college. That sounded like a, there there could be a lot of potential there. You know, right? Um, that's, there's a lot you could do with that. And man, I was blown away. Like my expectations for the show, for it to be just this funny, you know. Uh, kind of a workplace comedy, but not workplace comedy, you know, a, a situational comedy. Like it, it just took that to the next level and like just the cleverness um, of it. You know, that's something that, that I'll, I'll bring up as we talk about some of these episodes. Like there are a lot of key moments through some of these episodes, that, especially in season one, that like it just hooked me in. Like, you know, this show is funny, but like, oh man, that moment, that's what drew me in. Like that got me hooked on the show. Um, that's what made me a fan of it. Um, just, you know, a lot of the clever writing. I mean, Dane Harmon is a genius, I think. Uh, I think he's a great writer. I think he's a great um, creative mind. And um, it, it was a new thing. It, you know, I, I was dipping my toes into something new, something that I wasn't familiar with in terms of Dane Harmon. I wasn't familiar with him at all and some new actors, but just, you know, the writing and, and the storyline and this, just these situations that all these characters were in, um, all these backgrounds that we saw in Jeff and Annie and, and Troy, um, and coming together, I mean, I just, I saw so much potential for the show when I started watching it. And yeah, like I said, I was blown away. My expectations were just demolished and in a good way, like um, it went far above what I thought the show was going to be. And I, I think just the creativeness of some of the storylines kept me coming back because there's always something new and fresh in this show. You know, it, it didn't ever feel like it was just becoming a copy of itself. Um, you know, I think some of the shows get into that, especially in the later seasons where they just, they're kind of self-aware. Um, and, you know, community, I think, rose above that. You know, I, I'm not saying every episode was the best ever, but but there was something different about it that, that made me realize it was something special. No, and you kind of hit it there. Like, there, a lot of shows, because I was thinking about this, um, a, a bit this weekend like what does a what does community look like with a regular writing staff with uh, a writing staff that's not special like if this was a show on fox you know what i mean like what what is what does it look like and 
it's probably like a bit of like how i met your mother but not quite as like um quick and it's probably got a little bit of like parks and rec where like oh we gotta go do something and like there's a bit of that in the series but it it i mean really it's not until season five when they're, they're like oh we have to collectively go do something which but they in that season they still make it really strong and like they make it believable and like they they do it in its own kind of greendale way um okay so it's funny that you mentioned chevy chase okay chevy man doing doing this thinking like watch re-watching this show working this i i go back and forth because at some points i'm like I can watch this entire series and skip every Chevy Chase line and, and I feel good about it. But at the same time, again, I, as I said, we're just doing this rewatch, there was a moment in there where I'm like, okay, I see his value. At least, at least in the first season where we're at, like, okay, I continue to see his value. I see why he's there. And as I was kind of studying this, I saw, just, I guess Dan Harmon just kind of loved him, like just loved Again, like Chevy Chase is kind of a comedic acting legend, and um, Dan Harmon was just a big fan of him. And it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, is a different actor in a different in a different spot, a different time, a better role than Pierce? You know, it is, but like, it's kind of like family where it's like it is what it is. They are who they are. You know what I mean? Like, I I kind of go back and forth, but ah, like. I don't know. How do you feel about Chevy Chase overall in this series? Well, I, I think you you mentioned like I, I, you see his value, and like that's obviously we'll get in this first episode. Like that's obviously a big part of episode one with the pilot. Is like Jeff says that to Ovid in like the first five minutes of the series, like, and then at the end of the episode again. But like I think that's really what the first maybe if not the first season, at least the first episode is about is like there's value even in even in Pierce, who is this racist sexist you know pig basically unlikable i mean nobody wants to be pierce right nobody wants to see themselves in him but like there is still a value in him and, and i you know I, I don't know what part you're talking about with pierce exactly but might be talking about the same thing there were some parts re-watching the pilot in, in episode two especially two with um you know jeff and pierce where i don't you know pierce is obviously a guy i wouldn't probably want to be friends with in real life but like in this in the context of the show and where he fits in with the rest of the study group like i think i you see his value as a character if not even if he's a terrible person like he does have his moments and i, I think especially you know as throughout the show we start to learn more about him and his upbringing and his relationship with his father and his past marriages and you know everything he's gone through up to that point like, I, I think you know not not excusing his behaviors but like you, you start to get some context behind who he is and maybe start to you know at least appreciate his experiences, you know, again, even if you don't condone his behavior and like we can laugh at Pierce, right? And you know, we laugh at his behavior and just think, you know, he's a, he's a dick really is what he is. But like at the same time, you know, I think unfortunately there's people like that out there in the world. And um, I, I think, I think Chevy Chase hit the, you know, I think he hit a home run with how he played the character. You know, I know um, that there were behind the scenes issues you know, between him and, and Dane Harmon later in the show and some of the cast and crew. And he was kind of a, a guy that people didn't really get along with very well. Um, you know, and it, it, it makes me sad as somebody who, again, watching some of Chevy Chase's earlier stuff when he was, you know, in the 80s, 90s, 70s, that he was a legend in comedy. You know, it makes it's an unfortunate part of it because, you know, it's kind of, you know, you always hear, don't meet your hero. You don't want to meet your heroes. Um, 
And, you know, I think this is a good example of, of a time when he's a great actor. He's also probably not a great person, but I think his portrayal of Pierce, I don't know if anybody else really could have done as well as he did. Um, you know, I, I would be interested to see somebody else, I guess, try to do Pierce, but it, it would be, it wouldn't be the same. I just think Chevy Chase had that kind of arrogant um, old man, just, you know, unaware of what he's saying maybe and how it's, you know, how he's not caught up with the 21st century. Um, I, I think that Chevy Chase did a great job portraying it, but, you know, man, there's a lot of just really cringy lines and scenes with Pierce that I, I agree that I could do without them, honestly, on some of the episodes, you can take them out and they probably wouldn't really lose much. But I, on this rewatch, I think I definitely am, am trying to have a better appreciation for, for some of the maybe more unheralded characters. I think Pierce is one of those because I think that even if he's not a super likable guy, I think you can appreciate how important he is to the core of the show. Dan Harmon, he, this was kind of his big break, like going through the IMDb, he had done a lot of smaller stuff, um, worked on some commercials, written like some smaller video stuff with like Jack Black, which is like, <laughs> like every, it's, I always think like sometimes the references or the connections or the guest appearances are like random, but like, oh, there's a reason Jack Black's in the show later in the season, you know, later in the series. And, um, but he had written some stuff for like this uh, Sarah, Sarah, uh, Sarah Silverman show and written some other things, but this was kind of his big break, um, especially like his creative big break, where it was kind of his baby. He was the showrunner. Um, and obviously, you know, because we're doing this, he pretty much knocked it out of the park. Like um, the pilot was directed by the Russo brothers, which um, they directed a lot of episodes and worked on a lot of episodes, especially in the first season. And it's no mistake that you see a bunch of the Greendale uh, uh, actors and Greendale characters in the various Marvel movies that come up uh, later in the 2010s. Um, debuted on seven, uh, September 17, 2009. Um, over 7.5 million people watched the first episode, which I'm pretty sure is the highest uh, rated uh, episode uh, of the series. Um, open with good reviews, praising the writing and the characters, kind of like what we talked about so far. Um, all right, best lines slash best scenes. Um, this one's underrated, but again, doing the rewatch, I just really appreciated it. Okay, so it's Jeff and uh, Professor Duncan talking on the football field, and it's that it's that part where he's like, uh, "You're a six year old girl." It's like, or uh, <laughs> a six year old girl could yell at you like that. He's like, "Yeah, that'd be adorable." It's like, no, because you're five and there's a pecking order, and like he just. And it's kind of, it's it's just, again, a short scene, but it's just Jeff being Jeff. And, like, there's so many moments in the show where, like, Jeff being Jeff, it's kind of like in South Park where it's like, Cartman just being Cartman just kind of works. Like, you, you, you kind of can write you out of spaces. Uh, what's, yeah, what's, man, uh, shout out to John Oliver, too, like, real quick. I mean, that, yeah, from episode one, like, and obviously now, like, he's, you know, a, a big name uh, in, in, you know, in late night, you know, talk shows and, and comedy, but, like, he's he can he has you know great acting chops like he i think really holds his own in episode one and like he's obviously a character that doesn't have as much screen time probably as he should throughout the course of the show but like we get some great duncan lines, and i i think that exchange between uh yeah between jeff and him on the football field and like even just the first time we see duncan when when jeff comes into his office 
and we're introduced to Duncan. And really, that's how, that, that's how we're introduced to Jeff, too, in that scene. And we find out, you know, why he's at, at Greendale. Like, they just, they have great chemistry. And I love the relationship they have and the friendship. We have the sound system. Okay. In the opening scene, the sound system that the Dean is using is just like a Sony boombox, which is like, that's, it's such like a perfect... That. Yeah, like it's just he's he's just got like a handheld mic plugged like uh, from an aux cord into like a just like a Sony boombox. It's it's goofy. It's 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 gonna it really fits the character of the show. Um, I didn't I notice it was a boombox. I guess I didn't pay attention to that. I just it's a funny scene with the dean. I didn't realize that it was just a basic boombox. Yeah, because I remember like like looking around. And I was like, wait a second, that's just like that's you know. Uh, 16 inch maybe 18 inch boombox that he's just talking through um in the in that uh, opening scene the dean is wearing a wedding ring which i couldn't find anything on that but i was just like oh interesting um brita being 28 i just forgot it you know, like it's kind of one of those things in the show where because we have troy and annie who are around 18 19 uh abed who i guess probably around the same age um Britta's like late 20s uh Shirley's probably late 30s um Jeff's probably I guess he turns 40 so later in the seat late, later in season six so he's probably 34 35 um but I don't know why that shocked me so much Britta being like 28 years old I don't I guess I pictured her as part of like the younger crew like maybe 22 23 but yeah, well, I mean, you got to remember, Jonathan, that she did live in New York for a while, so she had to have some time in yeah. there. Yeah, live in New York. Yeah, I, I like. I I, didn't, I don't remember on my initial watching of this show. I, I guess the the first conversation that that Jeff and Abed have, and Abed kind of gives that rundown of Britta, and like he mentioned, he mentioned she has two older brothers, I believe, mm -hmm. which was something I don't remember catching, and like I don't remember some of those details about Britta, like the twenty eight year old thing. I guess I never caught that um, either. Uh, and 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 back to the dean with the wedding ring thing. Like I, I don't think that ever gets mentioned again. Like he's obviously not married throughout the rest of the show. Um, so yeah. I don't know if it's one of those things where uh, you know the writing put it in there and then just forgot. You know it's a pilot that happens a lot in shows where people get forgotten, the yeah. details get forgotten. But that is an interesting detail. You notice I didn't catch that. Um, Britta being twenty eight was is a bit of a shock just because yeah I, I guess you don't really think about her age as much. They don't talk about that as much. But um, that is interesting. In the promo material, and it's in the, it's highlighted in the first episode. They kept it in, but there's this joke. There's a joke between Duncan and Jeff where Duncan's like, "Oh, I thought you got your degree from uh, Columbia." He's like, "Now I have to get one from America." Now I remember that being in the commercials for the show before they aired, and at the time I was like, "Yeah, again, I was like 11 or 12 at the time." I'm like, "Oh gosh!" Like, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of just like a little switcheroo. Like, oh, you thought uh, like. And I was like, at the time, I was like, if this show is going to be this kind of comedy, then like, I can't like, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'll check it out, I guess. But like, I'm really happy it's not like, and again, it's not a bad joke, but it's like, I remember watching that in the promo, promo material. I'm like, huh. Okay. But obviously it, it grows way, way past that. Um, I, I call this, I guess I call this time period of Britta confident Britta. Like, I appreciate like, just that she's not the worst Britta yet you know <laughs> like uh especially in these early episodes like she kind of has a little bit of a sense to her and again like it's kind of like you said earlier where it's like the thing with 
these early episodes from the, like the writers are still trying to kind of trying to figure out the dynamics, uh, trying to figure out the characters. But I, I definitely do appreciate uh, competent Britta, especially in this for in these first couple episodes. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I appreciate early Britta, and I, I think it's it's odd seeing episode one Britta, or even just first season Britta with like later seasons. Um, but even from the, this episode to like the second episode and, and later in season one, like she's so different. Um, and, you know, I, I think she, she she keeps some of the same qualities about her, you know, like her. I think that, you know, she's very loyal to people. Um, and I think she does care about others around her. But just you said, you know, she she's, um, <laughs> she seems a lot more uh, confident and a lot more. And I, I guess I'd say, I don't want to say, um, like, intelligent. I, I don't want to say that she gets dumber throughout the show, but, like, I th- I just think she is more of, a, like, a comedic, you know, sidekick in the later seasons. And, like, in these first couple episodes, mm-hmm. she's just kind of, like, almost like the straight man character. You know, she's yeah. kind of, like, she's almost like the, in my mind, when I was watching this, I was thinking on Britta, like, she's kind of sort of, like, I feel like a connection to, like, the audience watching this first episode. It's, like, we see Jeff. Like in the first, he's just the he's a very unlikable guy. Like he's obviously not a good person in, in the first episode, and you know for him being a main character, that's kind of a bold move to write that way because it's hard when you have an unlikable character like that. You want the audience to get to like them and to care about them, and obviously we do. But like in episode one, Britta calls him out on everything and is like, she's very realistic looking at Jeff. She sees through his BS. And I kind of saw that connection there where like I, I kind of feel like. Britta is like the audience in this first episode she's kind of like that bridge between the craziness of Greendale and us watching the show in the real world um, I appreciate her a lot in the first episode though just for I think she's a big part of why the show start you know have, we have why we have the study group I mean she's obviously an important character you know I, I hate that she kind of turns into the dumb blonde funny character later but she has some good moments and you know everybody hates on Britta I, I think she's a fun character uh, I think Jillian Jacobs does a great job over there. Yeah, I and mean, honestly, like, um, I was reading something about a different show. Uh, I think it was about Euphoria, where um, one of the actor or one of the actresses was upset with like the direction like that season two was taking, like her character. Um, and I remember like thinking, like, with Jillian, Jillian Jacobs, I'm like, I bet it's a little bit frustrating because like you're sitting in that, you're sitting. Um, doing those table reads of like you know this week's script or whatever for the for the upcoming episode and it's like wait a second my my character is like you know she becomes kind of less important plot wise she becomes kind of more of the butt of the joke uh she becomes like less um actually um like accomplishing something like even thinking through the series like you know jeff's main point of accomplishment is like he's he's you know taking classes he's trying to finish his degree like you know and he's becoming more of like a mature person and woman and on her own right Abed's be- Abed's becomes more and more social J- uh, Troy you know continues to continues to find himself um Pierce like actually finds true family and sh- you know Shirley uh confronts her personal life and and you know eventually uh builds that into a business and you know all, all these all these characters kind of like kind of really like clearly progress and it's like with Britta it's almost like I mean am I wrong like does Britta really I know we're kind of really projecting forward kind of out of the first episode but like does Britta's character like really go anywhere like uh, after this you know through the six seasons 
You know, I, I think that, um, I think she goes in a, she has a quite a, quite a journey, I feel like, because I feel like, you know, especially in season one, there's kind of this, her and Jeff kind of have this, you know, on and off, you know, are they going to date? She's, he's interested in her. She's not interested in him. And then it kind of flips and she's interested in him and, you know, and, and he's dating Slater, which we'll get to later on, um, later on in season one, but like, you know, and then like second, third, you know, the rest of the show, like that, that relationship is never really explored again. I mean, there's the whole, you know, her and Jeff are hooking up um, reveal. I think it's in season two. Um, the Ovid, you know, reveals everybody they've been hooking up. Like, we don't really see them have that same relationship again that we see in, especially like in this first one, where like they almost, you know, he's pursuing her and they kind of have this weird like sexual dynamic, but like they kind of are like also becoming friends. Um, and I think, I, I do think that Britta kind of between season one and like season five and six, she kind of is just like sandwiched in this. She's just basically almost like a, like a background character. She's just the butt of the joke, like you said. Um, there's not really a lot of storyline with her. Um, but then, you, you, you know, I think there's, I can't remember season of 10, you know, there's an episode with her and, and her parents um, and we see some more, you know, background. And there's a great episode, I remember, in season six with her and Elroy um, where they are, you know, talking in his, uh, in his trailer about music and stuff. And, you know, that's, there's some great scenes in there with them. And, like, you start to see Britta kind of become not so much of a, as just the butt of the joke again, but, you know, kind of a realistic, you know, she has her, her downfall. She has her faults. She's not perfect, but, you know, she means well, and we start to see some character development from her, but I feel like of all the characters of the main study group, like, I think she, besides Shirley, maybe, I don't think Britta has a, a great arc at all, really, throughout the course of the show, unfortunately. I just don't think the character development really is there um, as much as it is on the other characters, and I think that's an unfortunate thing, because, again, I think there's a lot with Britta that they could have done, um, and I think there's a lot you could have impacted, but I just don't feel like it takes... She doesn't get quite as much of, I think, the tension um, in terms of, you know, story writing, story writing and storylines that uh, the other characters got. And I think that's unfortunate. The last big thing with this first episode is I really like how Jeff kind of pays for every level of like lie that he's trying to kind of achieve or like every lie that he's trying to use in the show he kind of has to pay for it, especially in this episode so like he's trying to lie to Britta so he can be with Britta he's uh lies about having a study group and then like uh or, or let, let me back up sorry he tries to lie to Britta be with Britta but Britta rejects him and he tries to cheat his way through college and and Duncan tricks him he uh, doesn't want a study group and pretends to have one and then ends up with one and it's like and I was thinking about this show where it's like, this could have been, okay, if Jeff was just, you know, quick-witted, slick with the tongue, and just like telling people off, giving speeches, again, lawyering, basically, like, I would, that would be a fun 20 minutes of, of TV, like, I'd watch it, you know what I mean? Like, just a guy who's confident and cool and just trying to get out of stuff and like, um, you know succeeding some you know most of the time sometimes not succeeding whatever like that's a fun 20 you know 20 25 minutes of television but like it's a lot more interesting to see this guy fail and kind of have to be humbled and kind of have to be picked up because I, I love at the end of the episode where like he opens a package and he finds you know <laughs> he's looking through the notes of uh, uh, you know the the test and study thought he had and it says booyah and like you know kind of a little running gag in there and you know 
the the study group kind of has to pick him up and like invite him in again and i re i really kind of like that picture because it's like jeff is still awesome in the sense of like he's still got a silver tongue and he's still confident he's he's gonna get a lot of things done in the series but like he kind of has to be humbled um and it's it definitely like creates kind of a cool like understanding of like oh this character is not just gonna steamroll everybody like he he kind of has to be embarrassed and he kind of has to be um actually changed and and um did you have any other kind of uh big point outs uh best scenes or best lines that you wanted to point out from this first episode no i was gonna say on that last point you're just talking about jeff and like th that that scene with him sitting on the steps with the notes and like them all coming out you know i i noticed that too and that's something i i thought was great about this first episode is like we see early on, and obviously we know throughout the series, like Jeff is obviously the undoubted leader of the study group. Like in episode one, we don't have that. You know, we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen, I mean, we saw the big speech from him, but that was more of him trying to talk his way into getting Britta to go on a date with him, like to get them to be on, you know, unteachable. And, um, you know, we do kind of see that though. Like Jeff is supposed to be the guy who's there to pick everyone else up. And we see that throughout the series. He's the guy that keeps him together. I mean, it, he has times where they help him out. But for the most part, Jeff is the guy who is there to lead them and hold them together as a group. Like in this first episode, he he is down with them. He's not any better than them. You know, he was a lawyer on the outside. He has a nice car. Um, he's smart. He's, you know, he's had experiences and stuff and he's lived life already to some extent. None of that has really matters anymore. When he comes to Greendale, like he is essentially and you know, just a normal person like everybody else and i like that humility aspect of like you mentioned him he's, he's being humbled i think it's a great point like jeff had you know they show him forgiveness i think because he kind of shows his human side and he kind of um gets brought down not brought down to them because they're lower than him but just he thinks of himself higher than them and he kind of gets knocked off his pedestal and they're there to pick him up at the end which i think is a great um indicator of just how great a relationship you know a great preview of that friendship and that family aspect of the show even though he's, he treated them like dirt really and was just hugely rude to them they are willing to pick him up um, forgive him and accept him in a part of their group um, I think because they see him finally getting humbled and I think him uh, the more human side of him you know the more uh, relatable side um, I, I just like that that scene that's a good heartwarming scene for the first episode and i think it really gives you a good um it really draws you in i think to not only is it a, a comedy show but i think there's some feel-good moments as well a lot of feel-good moments at the show and i think that's one of those early ones that kind of draws you in um it touches your emotional human side you know best of the seven best of the of, of, of the greendale seven i'd say i'd say britta for this episode Again, like what we talked about earlier, she yeah. kind of carries it. She moves it. Um, uh, again, all the events of the episode, all the rev all the revelations, besides really just outside of like Jeff trying to cheat, which is kind of the B story anyway, like it kind of revolves around her and like she kind of stands her own. I'm like, okay, shout out to Britta. There you go. Um, you said Britta as well? Yeah, I had to use Britta. Like we already talked about earlier, I, I just feel like she is, she's kind of, I think the main I don't want to say the main character, but like you know, Jeff is the guy that the show's kind of about. But like I think Britta is kind of that one B like main character. Um, and again, it's unfortunate because she kind of loses that status at the show. Like she kind of becomes more of a side character. But like in this first episode, and she holds her own. And I think like I respect her. I appreciate what she is in this first episode. And 
you know, I think, I, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's all I'm gonna say. It's like, I, I really like her character in the first episode. Um, we don't really see a lot of the other characters either. Like, we see a little bit of the personalities, um, but really it's just mainly Jeff and Britta in this first episode and, and a little bit Abed maybe just because he's kind of in there and Duncan, but you know, Britta's, I think she stands out in this first episode. I think you, she's a very noticeable character and I think she really stands out amongst all of the characters um, that we are introduced to in this first episode most relatable to college for me it was actually duncan's office i know it's like kind of like a little small thing but like <laughs> i just appreciate it because every time it's it's every time every, okay every department every time i walked into a different professor's office it was always smaller than like the guy actually needed the uh you know the man or woman actually needed the space for uh, especially like like these i remember because i started as a science major and like it is like you walk into their office it's got like a, a you know a six foot couch that that barely can fit in the room and and the walls are plastered with like science related like you'd think that like you know the guy again it's his room you know it's he, he he but he just covers it with stuff that just says anthropology like in like you know human studies and it's just like that just reminded me very much of like oh that's every professor's office that i've ever had to walk into or ask questions in like yeah, I would say Duncan's office is probably the most relatable part to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think we get to see a lot of of the college in this first episode. You know, we see the football field, we see Duncan's office, um, we see the you know the study room, um, and, and we see you know the outside part of the campus. You know, with, especially the first scene with the with the dean. And honestly, I feel like that's kind of like that first scene with the dean talking to all of the students um, and, and and announcing, you know, and making these announcements to them. I feel like to me that was kind of a, a relatable thing just because I feel like that's as somebody who's been to college, you, you you can kind of see like the way that the other students um, react to the Dean kind of just with disgust and they're just kind of like annoyed with him, you know, and um, I've seen that in as as a college student, you know, everybody's kind of just there to do their own thing. Um, nobody really wants to get involved, you know, they, all these events that are going on to try to get kids, as, as when I started as a freshman, you know, we had to go to campus for orientation and spend like a three-day weekend uh, just on campus, and there was all these events for us to do to get oriented to college and, you know, get used to being on campus, and none of the kids really wanted to be there. None of us wanted to do these things, um, it, and it was kind of pointless, really, you know, at the time, and, and looking back, it still was kind of pointless, but it was more or less just to keep us busy. But I think that's kind of, especially just being in the first, like first scene of the show and like that's your introduction to Greendale. Like looking back at my, you know, when I was a freshman coming into college, my first experience was like kind of similar to that. We're like, I don't want to be here. This is stupid. I just want to like do my own thing, go to class and like be done. And like, here's this Dean who's like trying to pep everybody up with the speech and get people like to be happy and stuff. You know, um, I, I just think it's funny, like, especially people are, you know, our age, um, you know, and then being that age of, you know, around a 20 something or, you know, 18, 19, like you're in a weird place you've never been before. You're away from home. Like you just want people to not talk to you and you want to do your own thing. And like, you don't really, really you don't really want to be there. I mean, you want to be there, but like, you don't know anybody. You just kind of do your own thing. You're trying to get used to life. And like, you know, I appreciate that. I think that's just kind of a, a humorous, something I can, I've seen, and can relate to is having been to college before and um, you know, seeing that people trying to get you excited for college, but 
you don't really know what you're getting into, you know? Man, you're trying to survive too. Like I remember my first day on campus where I was like, okay, my you know, parents aren't here. I don't really know anybody besides, you know, a couple people maybe from my high school. And it's like, yeah, why am I here? Like, what am I doing here? Like, it's such a strange feeling. Cause like you're, you know, you're virtually on your own and you suddenly have all this responsibility. You're suddenly responsibility like your finances and your grades and your social circle. And it's just, it's fascinating. Um, nitpick. I, okay. There's a, again, a brief scene where Britta goes outside and she's talking to Jeff and she's like, you caught me. I smoke. Right. I feel like, again, maybe I'm overthinking this. I feel like Jeff doesn't, wouldn't date a smoker. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, <laughs> really? yeah. Like, because, okay. On one hand, I'm like, okay, you know, he's a grown man. He's had a lot of experiences again, probably in his mid thirties, uh, knowing him, you know, let's say he's relatively successful, like in terms of like relationships and hookups or whatever. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe he's, you know, met a, a, a bunch of different type of women, but at the same time, I'm like, he, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking of like what Jeff kind of like portrays himself as where it's like, he just, I don't know. I have a hard time. I have a hard time believing that he'd want to be with a smoker. I don't know. But again, it doesn't, it doesn't like appear that Britta smokes a lot in the show. It just seems like an occasional thing. So it's like, okay, maybe it's not, I don't know, a complete turnoff for him. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. It kind of just feels like a throwaway line. Cause like, I don't really, they don't bring it up that much throughout the rest of the show of her being like a smoker. And I don't think she's like addicted to smoking, but obviously she smokes at some point. So, you know, we don't really see that throughout the rest of the show, but you know, I, I think it, in, at the moment, you know, the point is, you know, we don't know if she knows that Jeff is, has been, you know, we don't know if he's been figured out yet, if she's figured out what his, his, you know, intentions are, what his goals are and what he's actually trying to do. And so for the point of storyline, you know, that, that line, it makes sense and it's funny, but yeah, you know, just in the grand scheme of the show, it kind of just feels, I guess, unnecessary. And you know, just, it's kind of a throwaway line. I feel like, and again, it's the pilot. We can forgive stuff in the pilot because the Dean had a wedding ring and he's never, you know, never get indication of that either. So, you know, it's probably a minor thing, but that was a good point. So two Spanish one hundred and one, uh, again, directed by Joe Russo, written by Dan Harmon best scenes this is okay so as i kind of alluded to I have earlier, a lot. <laughs> yeah this that okay i was because i i, I want to say i watched this one live um that fall of 2009 but that chang scene went like they took that show when chang chang's entrance when he's like you know they, they always say why do you teach spanish and they always say it like that why do you teach spanish and he goes on the whole el tigre gino like the whole thing <laughs> that that scene took the show from okay kind of casual casual kind of fun uh sitcom to like oh this is something different like there's real attention and writing and like so just like what they're trying to do here is going to be different and like i just i, I remember re-watching that scene again and just having that scene hook me in again of just i'm a spanish genius it just He's just, oh gosh. And yeah. Ken Jong just, I mean, dominates this role. Is and there a better introduction to a character than that? I mean, I don't know if there's any other character in a show that's ever been introduced. Like their first scene in the show is just so legendary. I can't think of one. And it's it, uh, also like, it's impressive too, the way he just, he starts like as a regular professor 
and then goes crazy and then all right guys we're back to you know uh, we you, uh, take the card on your desk and match it with the picture and it's like the way he just flips and it's just it like again it's it's gonna allude to like where his character eventually goes and where the writers take him um unknowingly obviously but like it's just yeah that chang entrance scene took the show from like okay kind of interesting to there's something interesting here there's something there's something different yeah um, on the topic of introductions too like i think this episode has a lot of great not just characters you know obviously we're introduced to the to the dean a little more you know we see him in the first episode but we actually kind of get more of a indicator of his character of kind of being like that annoying like kind of too spunky makes too many announcements type character you know we don't really see him in the episode but we kind of are a little bit more introduced to him we get introduced to starburns obviously you know a great kind of like you know one line thing like he's obviously kind of becomes a great side character throughout the rest of the show and like just such a funny some funny lines and moments um we get introduced to britta being the buzzkill that she is you know kind of a difference from yep. episode one where she's like this really caring you know person and she is still a caring person in this episode that's kind of the main point is she is is a very concerned you know especially about social activism but we get that introduction to her being a buzzkill you know I, I love that the exchange between her and Annie where you know uh, I think Annie says something about like you telling us to be quiet Britta you sound like Guatemala you know yeah. I just like that's Britta, such a great like you sound like Guatemala right now yeah I, I just love that exchange and like that line and I, I it's a great introduction to Britta the rest of the character you know for the rest of the series you know again it's unfortunate that she kind of loses some of her um I think importance in the show but like we we do see a great that's one of the qualities that make her as a character I think funny and one of the you know comedy parts of her character and then we also you know Abed I think we get a little more of an introduction to him and his especially his meta-ness you know he talks about tv and like you know uh something that a character would never say was how tv is like real life oh and I ruined it you know like <laughs> that's just like no show ever had done that before up to this point i feel like you know nobody no show had ever been really that like that was part of like the funniness of the show was like we are a tv show and this character was talking about tv like yeah this i mean i don't know i think that and that's obviously like a big part of abed's character that the show is him relating to tv and how that kind of is how he copes with life and gets through life but, like i mean it's just like a great there's just some, I think, some great lines and like some great introductions that we get in the second episode that we didn't get in the first episode um, that are great, um, I think, foreshadowing of, of what the rest of the series is going to be like. And it really sets the tone for the rest of the show, I think. And it it showed up in that first scene, like you were talking about, in that same scene where, you know, Abed's talking about how life's like TV or how, that's how he sees it, where like she's kind of first spotting off about Guatemala and it kind of it's kind of the same thing that you know she'll do throughout the series where like she'll bring up like this big uh, or Shirley call, calls her out on it you know looks like someone was trying to bring up fridge politics so just to feel special like and she kind of does that where it's like um this vague uh like kind of threat thing where it's like they're you know they're killing journalists in Guatemala um I remember we were doing a, a bible study at uh uh up in Maryville once and we were talking uh, like we were talking about like kind of I forgot what like the specific topic uh this the specific topic but like I remember mentioning like the idea of like the uncommitted activist and like we kind of see like the beginnings of that with Britta here where it's like she's like she wants to be this like special like voice but 
she can't really even commit to like the things that she really thinks about and like the things that she you know wants to do and like kind of again like with this version of Britta early on at the end of the episode there's some humility where she's like yeah I don't really do anything so I might as well pass out brownies and uh you know cover my cover my mouth with tape because at least that's better than talking about it um Let's see. In this episode, we get the first theme song appearance, which is fun. At least yeah. that's how it was on on Netflix, uh, where I watched it. Uh, a question I kind of like came to my mind because like there's a couple times in this episode, uh, Jeff does it with Abed, where he hands him like just like a small wad of cash for his T-shirt, and there's another time where like Jeff bribes somebody, and it's like I didn't think about this as as a kid. And this happened to me as well when I was doing my uh, How Much Your Mother rewatch last year. But like I now that I'm an adult, I kind of think about how much money these people have. And it's like, oh yeah, Jeff's probably doing it. Like again, Jeff's got, you know, I guess he hasn't been officially disbarred or whatever, but like he's not a lawyer right now, but he still was a lawyer. You know, he still drives a Lexus and like, oh yeah, he's probably got a pretty decent amount of cash. And like he's and right now, I guess outside of Pierce, he's probably the richest in the group. And then the last thing I noticed in this episode, uh, the ending, uh, Donde Esta La Biblioteca, it, that kind of took off. I remember watching a video of like Danny Pudi and uh, Donald Glover at Comic-Con like doing that, like for the fans. And it like, I think that that was like kind of the first real moment of the show. Um, again, we're just in the first two episodes, but like there's not really a, a, a viral moment, if you will, in this, in the pilot or this episode besides that. Um, go ahead, I've been talking for a while. Yeah, no, I honestly, watching this episode, I didn't realize that Troy and Abed's rap was in episode two. I, I For some reason, I guess I thought it was like later on in the show. Um, and that is like, there's probably not like a more um, viral moment. I guess you mentioned that like, there's no other way to say it. like from this show, I feel like than that, like that's kind of like one of the most popular things from this show like now and like, and, and you know in pop culture um is the mm -hmm. rap and like you know troy and i've been in the morning and we say that like um i didn't realize that was this early on in the show i guess and I, it's a great little ending to episode two um and yeah i think that's one of those like that's like a moment where like okay this show has something it's different but like it's special i mean it starts to feel like you know on rewatch now you know when i first watched this i, I don't think i understood the gravity of like that but, you know, looking back now, like, that's a classic moment. And, like, as a re in a rewatch, like, that's where the show is starting to take off and become community, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, one, another scene, too, like, uh, you know, the, the, we mentioned the Chang scene earlier, his introduction of, like, that's kind of, like, just all of a sudden you are drawn into the show, like, that's a hook. Um, I feel like, you know, when I first watched this, I remember Pierce and Jeff's presentation, like, the montage, like that was a scene where like, I remember the first time I watched this show, this episode, that was, I think the scene that I remembered the most from this episode, um, just because it was, I don't know, it, there was just something about like the, the zaniness of it. And like seeing Jeff from episode one to episode two, like episode one, Jeff would not have done that ever. He was just about Britta. It was just not, you know, he was a guy that just wanted to date the hot girl and like, get his you know questions you know his answers for this test given to him and like in episode two he's doing these crazy things with this old guy who is obviously has issues obviously and is just trying to be you know find some family like seeing that difference between jeff and episode one and episode two um there's just something I don't know, it's just it's funny i i loved it 
Um, I remember laughing out loud whenever, you know, Pierce was like, did you say S? You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just, there, I don't know. There's really no reason that it's funny, but it's just, it, it's, it really feels like after that scene, this whole show just takes off. Like before that, it's just kind of, you know, okay, it's a funny show. It's, it's about these people coming in college. It's just, it completely turns on its head, I feel like, with that and, you know, Troy and Abed's draft this episode, I feel like as a whole, um, it's a good, strong second episode for the show. And I feel like this, a lot of shows struggle in their early seasons, you know, especially pilot episodes. Usually those aren't the best episodes of a show. Um, but for Community, it's, it's, these are some pretty strong episodes right off the bat. And you know, I think it's a, a really big reason why this show is so popular and so strong. Yeah, the ideas, like the idea of the show feels like already solidified, but like kind of like what you're saying, like the characters and like the actual uh, like direction of the show starts to feel solidified in this episode oh, yeah. of like you're you're going to you're going to get a little zaniness that like, but it's not like zaniness for zaniness sake. It's it's real like comedic use. And again, we'll talk about the paintball episode when it comes to it, but like it's it, it kind of culminates in in that idea of like let's take something completely ridiculous and let's not only like make it kind of cool um but also make it work comedically comedically which again is just impressive that they're able to kind of like do that with consistency over the show i'd say so I kind of cheated on the best of the seven with this episode, but I'd say Shirley and Annie, like I, we kind of first, like this is like the first um, image of like their kind of pairing and like their dynamic. And I think this is the first episode where we get like their awe. Cause like, it's like that scene where Jeff walks in and everyone's like so happy to see Jeff. And he's like, you know, the first 20 minutes, you guys just kind of talk about your, your, your boring lives and your emotional problems. And I just feel like I have nothing left to offer. And they both go, oh, like, it's just, it, you know, if we just kind of see that, and like, they, they keep that. Um, and then obviously, like the bake sale thing, again, is kind of like one of the, the, the moving screws of the show of this episode. And so, yeah, I, I'd probably say for me, uh, Shirley and Anna really, or Annie, excuse me, really stick out uh in this episode what about you well yeah that's a good answer i'll go in a little bit different direction i feel like you know we talked about uh with episode one just how unlikable pierce is um and there's not many episodes where i probably would say this but i feel like episode for this episode i think pierce um is one of the characters i appreciate for this episode just because i feel like we, we maybe see him be the least douchey in this episode if that makes sense yeah. i don't there's not really any big um, moments I feel like he's really like un super unlikable um, and I think we can kind of relate to like you know the more annoying side of him you know him trying to like make this big giant story and and keep Jeff there all night you know and Jeff obviously doesn't want to be there like you kind of feel for Pierce you know especially because I think we kind of start to get some of those like hints of you know him just not ever feeling like he has a family he's been divorced seven times he talks about that um, and I think we kind of kind of get some of those indicators and maybe some hints of like his backstory not being super happy and his upbringing not being great and him just trying to find some kind of family here at Greendale, which could explain why he's here, you know, as this old man. Um, but I, I appreciate, I think Pierce in this episode, just for maybe the personal side that we see of him, that we, we don't see that throughout the show a whole lot. And you know, we just kind of see him being a comedic piece that we can laugh at because of how idiotic he is. But like in this episode, I think we actually kind of see somewhat of a human side to him. He just wants to be, 
you know, part of a group, you know, he wants Jeff to respect him and to like him. I think he's just looking for a friend, you know? Um, and you know, he talks about, um, you know, I, I can't remember if it's this episode or for episode one, he, you know, he says, you know, Jeff, you remind me of me when I was a kid or when I was younger, you know, and Jeff takes that as a, as an insult kind of, but yeah, I think, you know, Pierce is, is I think trying to make that connection with, with Jeff. Um, and I think he probably wishes that he could be the, the, the person he was in his younger days now. Um, you know, it's one of those things I think we, he gets, he's getting older and I think he probably is looking back on his life with some regret and stuff. You know, I think there's a lot you can unpack there with Pierce, but I think I, you know, I appreciate that from him in this episode of, he has that older person perspective of someone who maybe wishes they had done things differently. I think he's, he's trying to atone for some of that stuff here in this episode and just become part of a group. Um, and he just has some great lines too. And some great moments, like I said, you know, the, him and Jeff in the presentation is I think a, a great second episode scene like this there's a great montage of, of clips there that um, sets the tone for the zaniness of the show yeah like like you said like he's really trying in this episode like this again because i mean they set him up in the first episode as like you know he's he's harassing shirley and he's <laughs> he's you know like just taking total things out of context and just doing that but like yeah in this episode they kind of you know uh kind of pull him back a little bit you kind of get to see what's kind of what's underneath and yeah, there's 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 some endearing stuff there. Um, I'd probably say for most relatable for me for this episode, um, I relate to the class watching Pierce and Jeff, uh, Jeff Screw's project. Um, so I had a I had a class, a small group communication, and like basically the entire class just led up to this one big project at the end of the year, right? So um i think today it was like my my group and then another group and then like one last group all right and so like i present like my group presented and went fine you know we got an a or something like that and the other group you know went and went fine the last group they had <laughs> they kind of had their version of pierce it was like this older lady she was a non-traditional student uh probably like maybe 40s maybe 50s and she tanked the entire uh presentation and like it was awkward because like she called out everybody in her group. She was like, yeah, I, I wanted to meet with my group, but they, they didn't want to meet. And uh, I, I had this like suggestion, but they didn't like that. And I had, and it was just like, and again, it's a class of 30 people. We're all kind of looking around like, she's really just about to take, she's, I mean, she's taking down the whole ship. <laughs> like it was, it was incredible. Um, and I remember after like class was over, I went left and was like, we all just watched the same thing, right? We all just watched this lady just kind of, basically give her give her group a uh you know a c plus on this assignment that was fairly easy just to <laughs> make a point it was like yeah we yeah we all watched that so i definitely relate to the class watching pierce and jeff uh in this what about you yeah i think uh <laughs> well so i'm going to cheat on this not so much relating to college but the class uh in the spanish class and like obviously nobody knows what's going on in this class like, and like nobody ever really figures out what's going on in this spanish class throughout the whole course of the show like i didn't take spanish in college i, I took it in high school i did three years of it and I, I feel like i took three years of it and i still felt like this class like the blank looks on your face all three years you know when i was in spanish um just like this thing about spanish teachers it's like they always just seem a little kooky you know, yes. um, my, my speech teacher was great. Like she was awesome, but like, they're just, you know, they, they speak Spanish like the whole time. And like, you're just sitting there listening to them and they expect you to know what they're saying, you know, and they're going to keep talking <laughs> Spanish until you get it. 
You know, and I think yeah. Chang in this episode, like, he's just, you see some of this craziness coming out. And, like, then he goes back to the, like, kind of being, like, a little bit normal. Like, just, like, a flip of a switch. And it's just kind of, like, funny. But, like, you know, relating to, like, high school years and, like, not understanding any kind of part of Spanish, I, I'd, I'd probably be uh, failing in Spanish if I was in Chang's class, too. Because, you know, obviously, he's, we find out he's not really actually teaching them anything. So, yeah. <laughs> But he's a Spanish genius. So, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> his knowledge will bite your face off. You know, he's LT. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so good. Any any nitpicks for this episode? For yeah. I, uh, one of the things I not so much a scene, I just wish you know, we talked about Troy and Abed and their, the, you know, the classic moment at the end of the episode and the credit scene with the rap. Like, I wish we could see. Um, it's not so much a nitpick about this episode, but I, I wish we could see, like, between episode one and episode two, what initiates their friendship. Like, in episode one, they don't interact at all, really. Mm -hmm. And then in episode two, like, they're hanging out. They're doing this, you know, they they're, they obviously have the group project together, which could be a part of why they're friends. But, like, they have this rap at the end that they do. And obviously, we see the a kind of a friendship developing. There's a special relationship there. I wish we could just see some more of, like, kind of, like, how that happen I, it just would be awesome to kind of see like the initial conversation that ignited their friendship you know and, and how they kind of connected with each other you know initially i wish we could see more of that um but you know not a huge nitpick just something i thought would kind of been fun to see you know yeah it's kind of one of those things like where if um you know i, I kind of think about that like with uh parks and rec where it's like if they if if they had any idea in 2008 that chris pratt would become chris pratt i guess oh nine was when that show started like chris pratt will become you know arguably one of the biggest stars in hollywood and become like just a pretty decent funny man they probably wouldn't like probably would have made him more of a redeemable character and like kind of give him yeah. more screen time that's kind of one of those things where it's like yeah like if if they had any idea like the kind of traction abed and troy would get with with fans like they definitely would have spent more time with them like for sure um the only nitpick i have is like did you watch this episode on netflix or, or how'd you watch this episode i watched it on netflix yeah did you think like the middle of the episode was like like really warm colored i don't know I, like for some reason i don't know if it's like my tv but like like it was like really warm colored between like the like the fifth minute of the episode and like the 15th it was super weird like it, it i didn't took me that. out of it I, I didn't yeah, notice yeah. that. I think you just need to get your TV checked out or something. Because I, I, I was like, maybe. I don't know. It was just super weird. But it, then it like fixed itself. So, gosh, technology. Whatever.